0: This week, I began the week uh, reading in Joshua, and it was my daily Bible reading. I was reading in Joshua, and I came to a passage in Joshua that just really spoke to me. It really, really spoke to me, one one particular verse, and uh, we won't be dealing with that verse tonight. We'll come to that verse later. And the more I looked at that verse, the more I thought, well, perhaps uh, we need to go back and revisit Some of the things that the Lord said uh, in, in the book of Joshua. So, tonight, I want to begin a study of the book of Joshua, and we do so by considering Joshua's own journey of faith. That journey, as you might remember, included 40 years of unnecessary wilderness living, unnecessary wilderness living. That's how long Joshua lived in the wilderness. It was something God never intended. As you might remember, there was an earlier opportunity to enter the Promised Land. Uh, Joshua's uh, generation refused that opportunity. Joshua and Caleb had faith that God would help them. Unfortunately, no one else did. And as a result, God condemned them to live in the wilderness until everyone in that generation died, including Moses, except Joshua and Caleb. They were the only ones left. Now, here's the question I want to ask you because it happens to us sometimes. Sometimes for one reason or another, due to our own disobedience, or due to someone else's disobedience, or due to our collective disobedience as God's people, we find ourselves living in the wilderness, living separated from God, living distant from God, and uh, perhaps uh, maybe even as uh, we can think about a church living uh, not in a state of revival as perhaps God would intend us to live. And so sometimes we suffer through periods like that in our life. You think about it um, uh, you go you attend a church and it's not as spiritually dynamic as it, as it as you want it to be, either as the pastor or as one of the members, sometimes you, it's you, and you long for your church to uh, experience revival and your church is not experiencing revival and that becomes a burden to you and and you don't understand it. You don't understand why God is allowing you and your church to muddle through some kind of spiritual wilderness. Would your faith survive 40 years in the wilderness? Now we know that Joshua was a man of faith when he started his journey. And so what the Joshua we're talking about now is not the Joshua of 40 years before who was a young man. We're talking about the Joshua who by now is a senior citizen. If he was 20 in those early days when Joshua sent him to spy out the land, now he would be 60 and people would see him with his hula hoop and think he was a grandfather. That's what they would think about, about Joshua. Uh, so we have to consider as what you were is not always what you are. And I think about that in terms of our own spiritual journey. I'm taking a little time with this, trying to get you there. What you were is not always what you are. What you were 40 years ago may not be who you are today. You may not be the person who will follow God today, the person who would have followed God 40 years ago. And so the Bible is filled with stories of people who were in some set of circumstances called by God to take steps of faith. Some did, some didn't. Those that answered the call found themselves on the journey of being on mission with God. So Joshua is one of these people called to take a step of faith. And as I I pondered the life of Joshua years ago, uh, it seemed right to me to call his step of faith a faith crossing, and so what I tried to do is to define that, to delineate that a little bit, and help you wrap your mind around it. Because I think when we can wrap our mind around something, and 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 the whole idea comes now, God's fixing to call Joshua to cross the Jordan River. They've been there before and they didn't do it, but this time God's calling Joshua to to a new venture, and there are times when God does the same for us. So let's define a faith crossing. As you see on the screen, it says a faith crossing is an obedient response to the call of God. It is moving from where you are to where God wants you to be. Uh, It's a faith crossing because you're trusting God with the uncertainty of the journey, a step of faith is never is never a, a step of absolute assurance because we don't know what's on the other side. We just know that it's a step that God has asked us to take. We don't know how it's going to work out. We don't know how it's going to turn out. We can't see the end from the beginning, but we take it because we trust God. Now, over the course of this thirty study, I hope to explore uh, Joshua's faith crossing as well as others in the story of the book. We're going to define some things. We're going to ask some questions. Here they are. Next, what is a faith crossing? How does God respond when I make a faith crossing? What influence does my faith crossing have in the lives of those who are watching my life? And when is my faith crossing finished? When am I through? Those are just a few of the questions I want to answer, but we've got to begin with the scripture. And so we're going to look at Deuteronomy, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 31, and we're going to look at verses 7 and 8. I'm going to read you some previous verses to these verses. We're not beginning in the book of Joshua because Joshua's journey didn't begin in the book of Joshua. Joshua's journey began when the children of Israel left Egypt, you remember, he was among those who left Egypt with everybody else. He crossed through the Red Sea on dry ground. That was a faith crossing of a of another generation, and so. But now we're in a different period of his life, and, and Moses is about to speak. And Moses said, in Deuteronomy chapter thirty-one, verse four, he spoke these words to all Israel, and he said. I am 120 years old today. I am no longer able to come and go. And the Lord has said to me, You shall not cross this Jordan. So there you see, Moses' faith journey was finished, but it was finished by decree of the Lord. He was going somewhere else, but he was not going across the Jordan. Verse 3, it is the Lord your God who will cross ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you shall dispossess them. Joshua, Joshua, Joshua is the one who will cross ahead of you, just as the Lord has spoken. Now verse 7, then Moses called to Joshua. Notice, it's Moses Moses called to Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you shall go with this people into the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall give it to them as an inheritance. The Lord is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. I think we can call the Christian life a life of continual faith crossings. There are always new opportunities for us to obey the call of God. And while Joshua found it easy to be willing to follow Moses, it's a very he's at a very different stage of his life. The magnitude of what God was asking him to do can be easily lost. He, he is on the verge of the most important journey of his life it is one thing to be a follower. It's an entirely different thing to be a leader. It's one thing to be a soldier in the army. It is an entirely different thing to be a commander with troops under your care. You're in charge of them. You're responsible for the decisions that you make. So suppose some some well-known Christian leader puts yourself in the In the circumstances of Joshua, suppose some well-known Christian leader came and and laid his hand on you and he said to you, I sense God's calling you to be a missionary. This is somebody maybe you respect, maybe you go to a youth conference and, and and the lead singer comes up to you and lays their hand on you and says, I sense God's calling you. I sense God's calling upon your life. Suppose it was Billy Graham, Billy Graham still living, and he came and laid his hand on you and and commissioned you and said to you, I believe God is calling you to follow in my footsteps and to be the next evangelist of, of this generation. Would you, because of the affirmation of that leader, be anything different than you are right now? I mean, really and truly. Somebody, Billy Graham... Moses, whoever it was, came up and laid their hand on you and said, You're the one God is calling. Would you be any different? No, you would still be you. You would be you with all your fears. You would be you with all your failures. You would be you. And that's who Joshua was. He was just Joshua. He'd been mumbling and grumbling through the wilderness, no doubt, for 40 years. Just like everybody else. He had his own share of complaints and his own share of frustrations He'd been walking along with Moses and he knew how hard it had been for Moses to try to pastor those people. He probably was not jumping up and down about the opportunity, but here God had given them the assignment. So, then Moses died. That Moses died that day. I mean, he gives him this commission and then he dies. Imagine what a lonely feeling that was for Joshua, the man who'd been God's spokesman. Was dead. The man who had lifted his rod and brought water from the rock was dead. The man who led God's people through that faith crossing across the Red Sea when the waters were like walls on either side was dead. And now that awesome responsibility rested on the shoulders of Joshua. Joshua had the affirmation of a godly leader. Moses laid his hands on Joshua. And so, what did Joshua do? Can you imagine, you know, how do you deal with something like that? This guy who's a great spiritual leader, your, your spiritual mentor has just laid the responsibility on you. Where, do you. where do you think Joshua went? Did he climb a mountain and get off alone with God? Did he go and, 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 to the door of the tent of meeting where, where the Bible says, everyone who sought the Lord went to the tent of meeting, to the door of the tent of meeting? We don't know exactly what Joshua did, but we know that that it took more than just Moses' affirmation to make Joshua the leader. He needed something more than that. So that's why now we'll open the book of Joshua, and we'll look at Joshua chapter 1, and we'll look at just verses 1 and 2 right now. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, and then we'll talk about some characteristics of this journey that Joshua's about to make, but I want you to consider along the way of the journey that God might be calling you to make and that really a journey that God is calling all of us to make because all of us have steps of faith to take and they may come after an extended period of frustration or failure and yet God comes to us just as we are knowing all of our faults, knowing all of our failures, and says, I'm tapping you for this position. It was at 80, Brother John Henry, when Moses came to meet the Lord at the burning bush, there might be a burning bush out the door for you. There is no opportunity, there is no time in our life when God can't call us whether we're 18 or 80 or whoever we are. So let's look at the verses. Now it came about, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Here's number one now of of our points in the message tonight. The first step of a faith crossing is to answer the call of God. You have to answer. Joshua had to answer. It wasn't enough for Moses to say, Joshua, this is the assignment that God has given you. Joshua needed God's call. Now, uh, down through the years, there have been some times when I've had some young ministers in my congregation when their mother would call a church and say, uh, My son is available. Well, you know, mothers don't call pastors to churches or put people, although they would like to, my mother would have loved for me to have been the pastor of First Baptist Church Dallas, Texas, I suppose, but she never called out there and recommended me and they never wanted me anyway, so, but God is the one who calls. He's the one who makes that decision, and I want you to know, especially for you young people, there will be a moment like that in your life. God will speak to you. He will call you. There might be others who've gone before you. Maybe, maybe the thought of leadership or, or service never entered your mind. Then like Joshua, you hear the call of God. God will be calling you to make a faith crossing all your own, an obedient response to the call of God. So that's what a faith crossing is. Simply an obedient response to the call of God. It's moving from where you are To where god wants you to be and you're trusting god with the uncertainty of the journey but the first step is always responding to the call of god number two faith crossings always bring us face to face with our weakness our personal weakness god asks you to do something the first thing you're going to see is the person in the mirror who's not qualified to do it. You're not able to do it. You're not strong enough in every way. You'll say, I'm not strong enough physically to do it. I'm not strong enough spiritually to do it. I'm not the man for the job. Moses had the same problem. You remember when God called him, he said, God, maybe you ought to get somebody else. And that's when God really got mad at Moses in that first conversation he had with Moses at the burning bush, because Moses was the guy. God never calls a wrong number. Never. If God calls you, he knows it. He knows who who he's calling, and he's not making a mistake. It is in his timing. F.B. Meyer, a great Christian leader, said, Most of us are too strong for God to use. We are too full of our own schemes and plans and ways of doing things. And as a result, God must empty us and humble us. Then he will raise us up and use us as the rod of his strength. Don't ever be enamored with your own abilities, with your own talents. God uses weak people. He puts his treasure in earthen vessels, clay pots that have a lot of cracks and a lot of flaws and he uses us. Now Joshua was not Moses, just like I'm not a Billy Graham or any other leader who's gone before me. God is is simply looking for you to answer the call that he's given you and, and answering the call of God from a human perspective, whether that's for an individual or for a church will always appear impossible from a human perspective. God's assignment will bring you face to face with your weaknesses and will require you to depend on all the resources of God. Now, a casual familiarity with this story might might bring a person to conclude that Joshua was God's choice because he was Moses' right-hand man. And he was Moses' right-hand man as the years went by. Caleb was a good guy too. God didn't choose Caleb. We don't know all the reasons why, but we have some insight into why God might have chosen Moses of uh, Joshua. And let me give you this passage from, it's not going to be on the screen, from Exodus 33, verses 9 through 11. You know the story of how Moses used to go to the 10th meeting and he would meet with the Lord. And the Bible said, He would enter the tent and the pillar of cloud would stand at the entrance of the tent and the Lord would speak with Moses. When all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would arise and worship, each at the entrance of his tent. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses returned to the camp, Joshua, the son of Nun, his servant, a young man, would not depart from the tent. When Moses was through talking to God, Joshua stayed behind to talk with God himself. That's a pretty good reason for God to say, this is the guy who's going to lead God has a way of preparing you. Do you realize that? And I'm convinced that as I look back on my life, and I'm sure others of you can say the same thing, that God was preparing me for what he wanted me to do in the very early years of my life. My mother was a Sunday school teacher for 60 years at her church. She taught the senior adult ladies class When I was a baby, and until I was nearly 60 years old, before she retired from teaching that class, my mom and dad didn't always stay for preaching, as we called it in those days, but we always went to Sunday school. And from the time I was in elementary school until the time I graduated from high school, I had an 11-year perfect attendance pin in Sunday school. That means I was there every Sunday. My mom made sure of that. And I think that was part of God's preparing me. Your, Your parents are bringing you to church and they've been bringing you to church a long time. Maybe God's got something in store for you that you don't know anything about. So just consider that. Next, Those who make faith crossings must know God, must trust God, and depend on Him for all they need to make the journey. Moses, when he passed the baton of leadership to Moses, uh, it was when he passed it to Joshua, it was Joshua's responsibility. But it wasn't Joshua's strength and his wisdom and his courage that was going to get the job done. Everything had to come from God. God was going to have to enable him to do what he did. But I remind you that this was, Joshua was a different man now in many ways. Forty years before, forty years later. And so when God speaks to you, especially if he speaks to you at some later stage in your life you're in middle age or beyond and God begins to deal with you about some step of faith he wants you to make and some adjustment that he wants you to make in your life your questions may not be as we've already said so much about who God is and what he can do but about who you are and what you can do And about all the things that have happened in your life from then until now. Well, God, if you'd have said it way back then, I might could have done it, but now I'm not so sure. Most of us who are older and we've been in church for a long time can go back to a time in our life when we read our Bible more, when we prayed more, when we were more faithful, when when we were leaders perhaps instead of followers. How far in the past do those days lie? And have you, as Joshua could have, allowed wilderness living either in your own spiritual life or in your church's spiritual journey, allowed you to become disillusioned about God or about His own people or even maybe even skeptical about the potential of your own life so that now you're skeptical of any faith crossing that God might be asking you or your church to take? We said in the class, I said it as a matter of fact, you know, sometimes you look at things that God wants done or maybe somebody that God wants reached and you're afraid to take the step because you're afraid of two things. Either you will fail or that God might. Well, we know that God never does, but we know that we often do. And sometimes we just get a little tentative. Well, let's see what God said to Joshua, verse 3. He said, this is verse 3 of uh, Joshua chapter 1, Every place the sole of your foot will tread upon I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses from the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life, Just as I've been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give people, this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, and be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. Promises, on God's promises. Joshua, along with God, surveyed the responsibility, and and, and God challenges him. But he does so with the same words that Moses used. It amazes me that the very words that Moses used are the words that God used Be strong and courageous. Don't tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I've told you before that when you run into a Bible verse, if you run into it again the same day or a day or two later, you better watch out. If you run into it a third time, you you might ought to write it down. And if you keep running into it, God is most certainly saying something to you. And so here is one of those experiences in Joshua's life. He'd he'd heard these words before. These very words were the words out of the mouth of Moses, and now they were coming out of the mouth of God. Now, there's several things here that we need to see. First, there's the measure of God's promise. How much will he be with Joshua God? He said, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. Second, we see the assurance of God's promise. He said, I will not fail you or forsake you. And then we see the range of God's promise. I will be with you wherever you go. And that's always true for us as well. So when God calls you, when God speaks to you, you put your faith in the measure of God's promise and step through that door and make that faith crossing. Never mind the details, never mind the complexities, never mind the obstacles. He will be with you. He will be your wisdom. He will be your strength. He will be your God. He will be your provider. There are no, There is no place on earth Where there are dead spots to his presence, he will be with you wherever you go, whether that is across the street or around the world. So tonight we said a faith crossing is an obedient response to the call of God. It is moving from where you are to where God wants you to be. Uh, It is a faith crossing because you're trusting God with the uncertainty of the journey And whenever God asks you to take a step of faith, there's always uncertainty or it wouldn't be a step of faith. You are depending on his promise as certainly as was Joshua. And so the Lord said to Joshua, we look at chapter 1, verse 9, one more time. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you. Wherever you go, let's pray.